Yellow. G'day. How you doing? What's happening, my friend? Yeah, good. Yourself? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm super. 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 Happy uh, happy Thanksgiving holiday American thing. What are you grateful for, Adam? <laughs> you have anything to be grateful for these new holiday period, this new holiday period? It's a new holiday period for uh, you, right? Thanksgiving? Well, yeah, this is only second or third time. It's yeah, not something you did time. in Australia or uh, South Africa or anything, right? No, this is 100% all American, American kind of uh, American movie celebration for sure. Is it like the movies? Pretty much, pretty much. Everyone goes super ham over turkey and pie, which trips me out because, you know, pies in, in Oz are like meat pies, right? Mm. Here they're, they're okay. sweet. They're like, they're, yeah, pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie, which is weird. Or pecan pie, which is my new oh, favorite yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah, yeah, smashed at least half of one uh, Thursday, which is amazing. Dope. And um, yeah, like it's it's the turkey is the size of you know a small dog, like it's huge. Obviously, um, yeah, obviously. Got to feed big yeah, families. Well, yeah, this is the thing. But I mean, it's cool. Like everyone, everyone sort of gets together and, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in Oz or the UK, they do like the Sunday roast. So everyone gets together, mm-hmm. shares fam, like share stories. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, but it's, you know, extended people or family or random people that don't have anywhere to go. But you like neighbors or whatever that invite along and come hang out. A little family time. Sh- yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's a good, uh, so, I miss yeah, that kind cool of thing. stuff, huh? the family time and stuff. Like uh, you try and run away from it as a teenager and you can't wait to get out. And once you can get out, you're kind of like, eh, kind of don't mind it yeah. actually. Yeah. I always think it's more of the stories and more of the banter and all that sort of stuff that yeah. happens around the table. Obviously the food's amazing as well, but it's that kind of connection that, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, mess around and give people shit. Yep. But it's uh, but it's your family, right? It's totally different from Those obviously. Are the best people to give people shit. It's got to be family, <laughs> otherwise some other dude's gonna yeah. smack you upside the head. And at least if it's your family, yeah. it smacks you upside the head. You can be alright with it and have a beer in an hour. So it's okay. One thing yeah, I do remember right. about like family bits and pieces is if you disagree with them, which is kind of cool and obviously mandatory at some point, is the arguments you can have. They can become super harsh, and you know where I grew up, they sometimes got a little physical also. But uh, it was always okay by the end of it. You know, you always left and, yeah, okay, that dude beat up that dude. was a bit pissed off. But <laughs> the next day is okay. Definitely by the next family barbecue or something, everything's fine. But, uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that kind of stuff. You miss that stuff a lot as you travel around the world. You miss the two or three little places. You've had sort of an earth grounding kind of experience, you know. And family is one of those things. It doesn't really matter where you are. If you're with family, you're kind of grounded, earthed. It's cool. Yeah, for, for me, it's always been like the dining room table. Like even grandparents on the farm in South Africa had a massive dining room table. And all, those, all the Christmas and all the birthday and like Sunday roasts and that sort of stuff was always around this table. And there's always storytelling and always sort of mm. – some kind of some kind of tradition or whatever. Even when, like when you're young and you're like you know, five, six, seven, eight, the hardest thing in the world is to sit still at a table with grown-ups, but it's still part of part of your memories of that time. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's definitely something that um, yeah that I miss from from being back in Oz, and especially now that like my sister's having a second child, and 
you know, mum and dad are getting on a bit. Like it's, yeah, that sort of stuff I want to try and do more of as uh, as I move forward. But yeah. Your sister's pregnant again. Yeah, man. Nice. Number two, another girl as well. Nice. Mine so, just had another girl too. Yeah, just repopulating the earth with females. Clearly yeah. had enough of uh, the male bullshit. The feminist movement so. really coming in strong, huh? <laughs> Especially people are contributing in other ways. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder. I, I honestly wonder if they like the female race is just going to be like, "Fuck you guys!" Like we've had enough of your bullshit, dude. At any point, so you don't realize yeah. women have always had the power. Man, come on. Yeah, but it's well, our ability, probably not power. But they definitely had the control. They've got the control. Wait, explain. Explain that because that. That power control thing has always been something that I've been yeah, trying to... Yeah, power and control. The, 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 for me, the two, the, the two biggest sort of things that you can sort of have in a relationship, there's obviously many things, but the bigger ones are one is power, one is control. And to share a relationship in 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, whichever way you sort of agree on, there needs to be... Typically, the man's going to have a little bit more power just because it's you know, the chromosome factor. And so then typically after that, the female will have a little bit more control because of the uh, vagina, which is nice and so <laughs> tends to have a little more control with this one. Can 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 do a little bit more than it wants. Um, so when you have a relationship and people aren't sort of getting along, it's usually because there's a fight for a little bit of that sort of control or power. And uh, if you can have sort of a, a boundary in some point where okay this guy's in control of this and the girl's in control of that then you're going to find a little bit more of a balance and understanding because when it comes to the position of power then the man takes over a position of control the woman takes over and the other person sort of you know eases up and says okay this is your thing this is your avenue this is your expertise or this is the part you do for us and this is the part i do for us blah 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 it doesn't really necessarily need to be women that are in control and men that are in power. I've seen plenty of couples where the woman is the power and the man is control. Um, the other things I said earlier are just a little bit a funny way of thinking about it, just to break it down like an example sort of thing. But typically you want to kind of share those two things. When you have someone who in the relationship is trying to have both of those two, then they can lead to a lot of issues with the other person feeling insignificant the person not feeling like they can actually contribute to the relationship, maybe feeling a little bit powerless as a whole, not able to, to, to have a say or do anything. And then the other person that has the power and the control can also sometimes feel like the other person is not contributing in a way because they're not letting them by having the power and the control. And to me, this is kind of one of the things I noticed in my life about relation with relationships and uh, something that I tried to work on. Um, in the future from when I initially saw it happen and something I've been trying to work on for a while and it's it's, it's okay. Like I haven't been in a huge long-term relationship like I was before where I sort of figured this was one of the issues with that and I uh, haven't been able to, to do it but I've definitely been able to try it out with um, like uh, relationships, like a, like a steady relationship but also with friendships also and even work relationships too, like knowing which one you are inside that relationship and even if you see a switch or a, a change, then adapting 
and being able to find a happy median in the middle. And I even know another couple who, as you know, as trainer, you kind of sit and sit on the couch sort of thing sometimes and just listen to <laughs> a husband talking about his wife and a wife talking about her husband. And I found that a lot of times they had like a little 50-50, you know, like a, the man had 50% of the power and 50% of the control and she had the other 50%. The other 50%. And they kind of really got along in the f- in the fact that they knew which fifty percent belonged to to each other. So, like, if it's going to be about this, he knew that was going to be his his calling. He's doing it, and she's like completely leaving it up to him, and vice versa. Something to do with that, the girl. Okay, that's hundred percent on her early. So the power shifting between the two and the control shifting between the two was also quite uh, quite interesting to watch and to see. So for me, power and control is one of those things. It's, it's a hugely, deeply rooted uh, emotion and it sets us back more than it says, lets us forward if you don't get hold of it, I think. So do you think it's – so obviously you're very self-aware and you're self-aware of um, that aspect of relationships. How do you bring someone into that self-awareness so they're like, okay, this is going to be Gabe's – thing that he has to sort out or the thing that he has to do. So I'm just going to let him have the control or let him have the power. It's not something it's that quite you kind of write down. You know, like it's not something it kind yeah. of, you, you figure it out over time because like I said, at some point if I end up saying thinking, okay, uh, for example, I should be the one filling up the, the gasoline in the car, checking the air pressure, uh, putting, topping up the oil. Like if that's kind of a thing that I should be doing as a man that kind of knows his way around a car a little bit or, you know, blah, 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 installing a, a tow hook. These are the very most basic things I think that most dudes should be able to do. You shouldn't have to take the car to the shop to change the oil and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like let's be honest, most dudes should be able to figure that out, especially with YouTube. Come on. So at some point when you're – in a relationship and you can see that that's the part that that guy does well and the girl uh, just using this uh, topping up the car with oil as an example if the girl kind of comes out and says yo you should be doing it this way that that's something that you can obviously say okay this is a situation where you need to figure out who's the better at it the more efficient and who's in a better position to be able to do it more efficiently quicker faster you know like if the girl is inside doing something but has to come outside and leave what she was doing inside to fill up the oil, that's going to make the man feel really insignificant. So obviously at this point, the man's going to become more efficient at filling up the, the, the oil or filling up the oil all of a sudden becomes her thing. You know, like it's one of those things you kind of got to figure out as you go along, as you get in. I mean, my relationship was, uh, tw- I was 12 years. Uh, I didn't figure this shit out until almost near the end. You know, like... Uh, it takes a while because I, obviously I was younger, more immature, didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. But in saying that, in retrospect, looking back at it, I can see that was one of the issues, you know? Not that, oh, I didn't talk about that. I didn't see it as an issue back then. I didn't know. Something you sort of realize after. But there's a few things that you would typically think, are oh, this is going to be better for her. But hey, for example... Uh, I'm a little old school, so for me, a woman is, should be cooking in the kitchen, right? That's, I'm not saying that's what it should be, but that's the idea, the general idea. Is, oh, a woman should be cooking. But, dude, I love cooking. So why shouldn't I be the cook? You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and that's, that yeah. She, she wouldn't know that. 
if she comes from a, a family that that's where they sort of see women is, yeah, yeah, you, you come home and you cook and you look after the kids and stuff. That's not, I'm not saying that's the way it should be. Everybody's different, but I'm using it as an example. Like, I love kids. <laughs> I love kids. I love hanging out with kids. I've quite often been told I'm still a kid and I don't look at that as a negative. It's thanks for the compliment, but they're trying to put me down by saying I'm still a kid in my head. It's like, dude, <laughs> I will always, always remember that you should never grow up. You should only grow old. That's my mindset. Yeah. And I enjoy that. Yeah, I agree with okay that, with yeah. That. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah, basically a representation of who I am and where I am at the moment also. I haven't grown up, but I've definitely grown old. But I'm still a kid. I like it. <laughs> fun, fun to be around and I'm fun to be alone. I'm around on my own as well. I'm okay alone. So there's two sides there. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you kind of figure it out in time, bro. Like you just... You just do. That's it. You figure it out. And it switches. You can switch around at any time. Just don't have somebody trying to get in and take the, all of it. You know, the initial uh, way it was explained to me was like if a man orders dinner because that's what he likes to do and pays, even if the woman thinks it's polite that she should let him, like let him have a bit of power in front of his friends or in, in front of the restaurant or the dude that's you know, the waiter, let him have that power, let him feel like a man at that point, regardless of whether you give him the money back later or whatever, like just let him do it. But if he's been a dick, then you know that as soon as they get home and they close the door behind them, he turns into a bit more of a pussycat when he gets inside because she's got the control. She's got the control in the house. Yeah, okay. He's got the power outside of it. You know, like let, let, um, let, yeah. him, let him be a bit of a cocky dude in front of his friends and his neighbours. She knows she's got the ultimate control when they go back inside. And the dudes will typically do that. She'll be like, yo, set the table, get off your get off your PlayStation, uh, clean up the toilet. Yes, yes, dear. You know, as they tell you to say the famous last words when you get <laughs> married. Yes, dear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally see that and understand that. I think... I think the, the hardest part for anyone in a relationship is when what I've come to figure out is if you know this stuff and you can understand this stuff, but your partner or your girlfriend or your wife or whatever isn't aware or isn't willing to like grow or self-improve to start to understand the stuff. Because I see this, this like input, for example, is a lot like, like I've said to you before, looking at the matrix, right? You start to figure this shit out. So why wouldn't you as a human being figure this stuff out? Because it's like, in all aspects of life and, and as you said, in all relationships, whether it's uh, like partner, wife or business or friends or whatever. Yeah, but how did you learn it? Because I... Initially, how did you, you learn it? Yeah, so yeah, you got told. You. you got told, right? Yeah. And then once you got told it, did you automatically get it or did it take you some time to work on it? No, it took a little while and you repeating it to me several times. Yeah. So if you take that on board... In the relationship, okay, I'm just using you as an example. I'm not saying you got, I'm not saying you got issues, but your missus starts telling you the stuff. You start chilling, explain the situation to, but you got to look at reflecting on yourself too. It took you probably a good three or four years. If it's something that I told you, it would be but we were living together, so that's at least four years ago, right? And then it took you a huge shift in your personality in your life physically, in your job, 
all this stuff to kind of come in together in order for that moment then to come back in your reflecting in your reflecting to be able to say oh shit okay you know like there's a lot of pieces of your puzzle that needed to be in place in order for all that to really work because if you got it the first time i told you four years ago five years ago six years ago whatever it was then you'd be six years into it right but you're not and even if you were you'd have to start all over again when you start a new relationship anyway right because everybody's individually different so it's kind of one of those things like imagine you're coming into the relationship with your baggage and you're coming into the relationship with your knowledge at some point, you've got to get rid of the baggage, but you can't get rid of the knowledge. Like your knowledge can only be passed on over time because you have so much of it and it has nothing to do with the partner. And they also have to get rid of their baggage and keep their knowledge and pass on their knowledge to you over time. So it's a 50-50. You've got to be able to pass on your knowledge, but accept that there is also because it's where they come from. Make sense? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so I understand. The, the hardest thing is you will never listen if you or she still has baggage. And everybody has baggage, bro. Come on. Everybody has baggage. Until you can get rid of the baggage or the issues of the baggage, this knowledge is a waste of time. Yeah, because you're still repeating those bad right. habits. I guess it's, it's, it's like with anything, right? If you still have that addiction to you just got to let it go you've either got to accept yeah. it let it go or they've got to detach themselves or they've got to not yeah. care it's like yeah okay cool i accept that you have baggage and that baggage may be your ex is still in your life or you know you still have issues with this or that or who or what and, you know you can keep fighting that keep fighting your new girlfriend about her ex but then you'll be the next ex bro it's just the way it works out except mm-hmm. that she has an ex and if except that she had you know 10, 100, 1,000, who cares? So have you. It's just the way it is. And if not for the exes, she wouldn't be in a place emotionally or physically or literally to to meet you. So you kind of be kind of thankful for the exes in a way, you know? Not bad behavior, but bad behavior teaches you lessons. And so, you know, they wouldn't fall for the same mistake over and over and over. I mean, few of us fall over, over again once in a while, but, you know, they're not always going to keep falling for the same thing, technically speaking. So, you know, they needed to make those mistakes to learn those lessons to find whatever they find attractive about you attractive. And I mean, Yeah, I think that, that, that aspect of um, any relationship with regards to being self-aware or, or not self-aware, but... Um, like developed enough as a human being to be able to thank the the yeah. ex yeah. Is, is massive. Like when you can reach that point of um, understanding or that point of Yeah, it's just uh, acceptance, maturity. bro. It's just acceptance. Maturity, acceptance. Yeah. I 100% yeah. accept all my girlfriends as friends as exes, lovers, whatever. Pfft, what can I do? Can I go back in time and change it? No. <laughs> A, physically yeah. impossible, <laughs> and B, if I do change that, you know, I'm potentially changing the history of her future, which then takes me potentially out of the picture completely. So you got to be thankful for that stuff. And whatever they did and whatever they had, like I've never asked a single question of an ex about their past 
It is all on them. You want to tell me something before the rumor hits me? Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate where your mind is at to try and protect me of what you would consider to be something I should be embarrassed about or get upset about or can cause an issue. But I, even if they don't warn me about it and I do find out anything, I roll my eyes and go, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> That's part of their past. It's been, it's gone, it's finished. No need to look into it now. Is, is it really going to change what you think about them? Maybe. Should it? Absolutely not. And if you're at least accepting, then it won't. You know, people talk yeah, about, I mean, oh, your ex was this, your ex was that, your ex did this, your ex did this. So what? That's, that's her business. It's not yours. And it had nothing to do with you because you weren't in the picture. And even if I want to go a little further on this, I can be quite easily accepting on what a girl I started dating is doing also. If it's not even something I agree with or like or whatever, we just met. Why is she going to drop everything just for me? You know, right then and there. If it's something that, you know, needs to change or needs to be talked about and it's like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this, stop doing that, stop going there, blah, blah, blah. you still got to give them a bit of time, transition time to get out of that position, you know. So it's not like... Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Yeah. It's only fair. Put yourself in their feet and you're doing something that say they don't exist, uh, um, accept. You, you can't just cold turkey cut everything and everyone all the time. You got to give them some, some time to to get things done, respect and yeah, let them let them live their lives. Ultimately, you're not uh, you're not their mum and dad. They can just ditch you and move on at any time. Anyway, yeah, more than likely, want to at some point upgrade. Most people do on most things. <laughs> so just yep. you're you're part of the you're part of the process. It doesn't mean you're. You know, enjoy the time you're with them, and if it's a year, a month, or a decade, you'll just be lucky for that, whatever that was, week, <laughs> one night even, shit. If that's all you got and that's what you want, go for it. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that was, was one of the big things about being in Thailand when I was living there was that as one thing that you taught me and then one thing that you come to appreciate because you're there and it's such a traveler's destination when you're making friends or making connections with people, or meeting new clients or whatever, they might only be there for, mm. you know, a few hours before they go to Singapore or they might only be there for a week training and you make a really good friendship and connection and they bounce and mm. essentially you never see them again, right? Mm. So it's about being able to enjoy that time, whatever it is, you have with that person. Hold so on to that. Just hold on to that. Yeah. And if it's yeah. a four-day relationship that you had on a freaking beautiful island with a beautiful girl over a, you know – whatever the initial meeting was, a workout or a night out or bumping each other in the lover's lane in the supermarket, whatever it is, just take it for what it is and accept it. It happened to me a few times. We, uh, oh, shit, okay. It ha this is interesting. It happened to me four times where I met four different people and spent their most amazing four days with them. Four yeah, days. that's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. And had amazing relationships <laughs> just in four days because it was yeah. they were there for a week or I met them at the the back end of their second week of a two-week break. And like you said, I'm, I'm there working and they're there just vacationing. But great relationships, like I still can talk with them, still can chat with them. It's, it's super cool because you accept that that's kind of, that's what it was. It was a just a, I'm not saying four days, but you know, it's always going to be a short, a short meeting. 
doesn't mean it's uh, anything less or more than that, but accept it for what that is. And it's positive. You know, get upset and miss those times and wish it was longer and get a little depressed missing them and uh, wishing and trying too hard, too much. To, uh, that, that. Bro, it was, it's four days. That's all it was. And if it pops back, if it comes back, and if you keep the relationship and the friendship respectful and still strong by just connecting once in a while, if it comes back, then it was, you know, it's great. It's meant to be. It's cool. Go for another four days, four weeks, four months, four years. Up to you. Just an example. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just learning to enjoy the time that you have mm. with that person when you have it, right? Mm-hmm. I totally. Oh, totally I'm super guilty of trying to stretch those four days out to even further than that a few times too, but you figure it out after a while. You adapt and you learn that you just got to take on what you've got that's in front of you right then and there. And remember that they came in here with an actual purpose and bucket list and things to do. They weren't like expecting to meet you and hang out with you the whole time. That wasn't part of the plan. And if they do ditch their plans to hang out with you, then you're pretty lucky. Yeah, I mean... Thailand is one of those places that I think is always going to have those crazy memories and crazy stories and oh hell like, yes. things to reflect back on. And we could do a hundred episodes the... on just stories <laughs> that happened in Thailand. Like half of them would the be R eighteen, the other half yeah. would be uh, like secretly released to anyone, anyone except my friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> Don't judge me on that, bro. <laughs> Mom, there's I'm sorry. So, there's, so, <laughs> there's, so, there's so many aspects of of living there that were like so fucking unexpected and so like caught me off guard yeah. or yeah. wasn't at all planned or had anything to there's remember. There's a big like, difference in the stories you have that are just from where you were working and the people yeah. you were with versus being in Thailand and then the stories you have they happen because you're in Thailand or Asia you know what I mean like there's a few stories we could tell about uh, certain people we met certain aspects and certain connections we made with them and whatever and who they were what they did how they're still in our lives now but that could have happened if we met in Barbados you know they're irrelevant because there's a connection on a human level with sport or food or beach, whatever. Then there's the connection. I mean, the, the connection. Then there's the stories that I just have. Like, dude, do you remember that freaking python on the tennis court? <laughs> Fuck. Like, you're not getting. Yep. The, you're not getting that story anywhere else. That's because we lived in a place that had tennis courts a hundred meters from a national park jungle in the middle of Thailand in rain season when all the snakes are out about. Like that story only happens. That only yeah, that only happens there and then. Dude, I remember there when we were. I think it was would have been the first week or my second week, and we're walking to the birdcage. The birdcage was essentially like a mini CrossFit box Mm. uh, that Gabe and I were putting together for for outdoor training, and you've got to walk, kind of off the beaten path a little bit, but still in the resort, and you go behind the tennis courts towards the track. And we're walking along and we look at the court and I was like, what the fuck is that? And then you it's looked like at me. It was like a human being or a blanket that someone slept on the court. It was huge. Yeah, we thought maybe that, that maybe they had like used this massive thing to sweep up the water because it was wet season and it was, it was busy. So maybe they're like they're drying off the courts. And then it either started to move or we looked a little bit closer 
we were like, walking. We were walking towards the the entrance of where we were going, and that was kind of heading towards the, also where the yeah. snake was. So we, our eyes kind of adjusted and started realizing what the hell is that? Yeah. So you were like, "Is that a fucking snake?" That's <laughs> like, and then holy it shit. Yeah, and then it moved. <laughs> Fuck. Like, so what? Yeah, what? What, what had happened was these during wet season. Uh, a lot of frogs reproduce, and the frogs are the, probably the size of most people's heads. They're massive. So these pythons that have come out from the jungle to try and hunt down these frogs and eat them always ended up coming through our resort because it was so close to the jungle, as Gabe said. So the snake had gotten onto a tennis court, and the dividing net that stopped the balls from going from court A to court B, the snake had tried to crawl, like get through one of the holes, and it was a, just a massively large piece of fabric. It wasn't penned into the ground and it wasn't made of wire. It was just basically hanging tennis court net, but on a large scale. And the snake had tried to get through one of the holes and had got halfway through and got stuck and got tangled. And then it panicked and tangled itself further and further into this, into this net. And it was just a big ball of mass, which was snake and probably frogs that it had eaten and then tangled in this net. Mm. It was massive. It was about then, like four, four or five meters long in the end. Yeah. So what happened? You ended up calling the front desk or something, right? We tried to pull it out at first, but the power of yeah, this well, thing you- was just <laughs> not working. I mean, I could have grabbed, I grabbed the tail and tried to straighten it out, and I thought maybe I could pull it out. Adam might hold onto the net, and, but it wasn't having any of that. It started curling up, you know, like the curling python death death roll sort of thing, <laughs> and it was just whoop powerful and then i was like bro the only way you can do it is if you grab its head and i grab its tail and at this point you were like nah <laughs> i said okay cool so we called the locals and they have um a few local gardeners that you know get a few snakes out of the way here and there but when they came and saw this thing it's too big they're like no, we're not touching that so they called the actual snake removers from outside that uh came in and with their special tricks and tools and at that point is when we saw how big it was because at some point they got, you know, they got it on a stick, the head on a stick, and some other dudes holding the tail, and the other guys holding it in the middle, and three people holding it, and it's a, a meter off the ground, the head's on the ground, body goes up a meter, and then it goes across three people until it hits the dude on the tail, and it's like, oh my god, this thing's huge. Yeah, I've got I've got these photos somewhere. I'll put yeah, them up yeah. on uh, on our Instagram for sure after today's chat, but it was huge i mean i don't know what ended up happening to the snake because i think they were like yeah. snake soup out of it which might have happened but we got told the official happen. reason which they're going to take it back into the jungle and release it but then someone later on that day or the next day said yeah pretty sure that ended up in some backyard snake soup and everybody's uh, enjoying it i mean it was the size of no. i mean it was the size of like a, a decent like the size of my arm it was as thick as my arm it's not like a python like you see on YouTube where they're like the size of a human being. They're not, it's not that fat. It's not like a massive. No, massive not an Amazonian. Yeah. No, it's not that big. But for a snake that's just running around on the wild, the, what, I re- what I'm sort of referring to in the massiveness was its its length. was uh, It wasn't a one meter. It was like four or five meters. It was long. And it, it's, yeah. you know, at its thickest it would have been, Oh, you know, it's as thick as my arm at some point there. Oof. Bro, that, that jungle was fucking scary as hell. 
I remember one time I went and mapped out some uh, track we were doing in there for this event. And it's, I think they're still doing the event based on that tracking, but we went and did a little GPS tracking and figured out the kilometers if you take this route and blah, blah, blah. We had a guide because it's a national park. You have to take a guide. You can't disrupt any part of the nature. So if there's a, a path for, for walking and a tree has fallen across it, you've now got to create a new path. Right? They fully believe in just letting nature take its course and let it be. So they were never going to cut that tree out and make the path uh, walkable. They would find another way around, up over it, underneath it, or just completely around it if they could. If not, they back out and go back and take one of the other ways. So we were standing around. I think a, I think a tree had fallen or some bush had grown over the top of it or something. I don't know. And kind of standing around for what would be at least less than a minute, 100% less than a minute standing there. Just waiting for the dude to sort of figure it out. He had a machete and he was kind of cutting back a little few of the branches, the small stuff, and figuring it out. And then I realized, what the hell's in my pants? You've heard the saying, ants in your pants? And it makes you like fidgety. <laughs> dude, there would have been at least a hundred freaking ants in my pants. And I was like, how the <laughs> hell did all these ants get in my pants? That's the first thing I thought. Then I looked down at my leg and my leg was covered in ants from just having stood still for about 30, 40 seconds. And we happened to be standing on what was essentially a track. that, And the track was being used by, obviously, ants who are quite smart. And so they'd sort of figured out, oh, there's something along the way that's new. Smells good. So they just started walking up your up your pants, up your legs and into your <laughs> pants. I had a hundred freaking ants. I mean, I'm like starting to flick them away in my legs, so the part of my leg I can reach. Then I'm like half, the, half my hand that's in my pants and everyone's laughing. <laughs> It's ridiculous that kind of stuff. Like you're in a jungle, but you don't think you're in a jungle. Like you're in a jungle that they filmed the freaking predator in. You know, like it's, it's that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, so like, so thick. Like I remember because we had to take that back road to where I lived, basically. So you oh, take yeah. that back road past the jungle yeah. to my like my apartment, and every day I drive past this, which would have been like a I guess a water filtration or water pump station or something. It was like a decently sized building. And I think over the course of me living at the first house that I lived in, which was about a year, had it clearly been just abandoned before I'd got there. And by the time I left, the jungle had taken it back. Like it wasn't visible by the road anymore. Mm. Like the jungle had just like creeped in, taken it back and was just slowly demolishing its like itself it was crazy how intense that jungle was and how quickly everything grew because of the weather so like just everything was fucking huge like spiders and bugs and yeah fuck that fuck that jungle (laughs) i don't want to go back in that jungle i took a couple of off-road uh spills on my motorbike along that road because of the wildlife like wildlife coming out onto the road and whoa yeah, especially at night. There's no, the there's no the best one, actually, I think I got one time. I mean, I'm going to say the best, but crazy. Is I'm driving and it's a two-lane road. It's like it's really a small two-lane back-in-the-bush kind of road that I'm talking about. And I'm kind of, obviously, we drive on the left in Thailand. And I'm leaning my motorbike to the right. So I'm going around a corner, uh, decent speed. It's not too sharp. But then there's a snake about two meters long slithering across the road. Now, if you're leaning on a bike and you run over a snake, you're off 100% because as the wheel takes on the traction of the snake, it loses the traction with the road and then 
it will slip, you know, especially if you're mm-hmm. kind of leaning, which is the way you should turn, you know, you shouldn't turn the wheel on the motorbike, you kind of lean. And this thing, so the straight, the, the best way to do it is to straighten up your bike so that you're running over the snake directly straight over the top so you can lose less traction or at least not be leaning on the side when you do lose, tra- lose traction. But if you do that, you end up in the bush because you kind of, you know, you go straight through essentially a, a turn, a right turn. I'd done that a couple of times. I wasn't keen on doing that again, especially not there. So instead, I really just really leaned even more. But then I'm going to go into the other lane and on a blind corner, you're taking a 50-50 chance there's another car coming. And in this case, there was a car coming. So I've leaned right across and as I've kind of looked back a little bit to make sure that I didn't run over the snake or whatever, trying to save lives here, I guess, I've realized there's a car coming and I couldn't get back to the other side of the road without having to go again into the freaking bush on that side, which is not where I want to be. So I stayed on the right side and let the car pass me whilst I was between the car (laughs) and the ditch. Luckily, I'm riding a dirt bike. Thank God I'm riding a dirt bike. So I've gone from being on the left side of the road, turning right, to straightening a little bit, then really hammering it into the right, almost getting hit by a car, and then I'm in the bush on the right-hand side, and then completely coming out of it like unscathed, completely fine. That's one of the three times I almost crashed on my bike. I think you were there one of the other times. Yeah, I was, but that road was... It's super dangerous at night, oh, yeah. man. Like, Wet, it was dark. They don't have like yeah, lights. raining. Yeah, they don't have lights out there. Yeah. Road, road lights. Yeah, I think there, I think that the entire spread of that road, I think there was maybe one or two street lights, and it was just because it was close to where mm-hmm. people had like built their houses, and then that was it. But yeah, and yeah it's that, raining that, and all sorts of rubbish. It's hard. Yeah, I really think we should make more stories about just, you know, the day-to-day sort of stuff of what we did there because it's super interesting to, I mean, it's still interesting to people when I tell them, yeah, I lived in Asia. Like, what did you do? I was like, yeah, I lived in Asia and worked there. I kind of day-to-day sort of stuff. Um, I mean, for the most part, you can stay in Asia or shit, we can call it Asia, but I'm only going to be referring to Thailand. You can Mm -hmm. stay here and be completely living in a Western world. You know, like you, you can have, they'll make, there'll be a couple of different things you've got to get along with and change a little bit. But for the most part, you can 100% be living a normal Western life here. It's not as backwards or old or whatever as a lot of people think. It's not, it's not that at all. You've got access to most things that you need, not everything that you want, but most things that you need. Once you get your head around that and realize that, you know, you don't necessarily need this, okay, how do you not need that? Well, because you can't get it, so get used to it. Oh, okay. Then after a week or two, you're fine. And then you realize you didn't really need that. You, you kind of live your life with a little bit of that minimalism, which is the cool thing at the moment, but you really get to really minimalism and not just I don't own many things. It's what do you actually need to live, you know, very most basic things. And yeah, here, I, it's I fantastic. Agree. But you're sacrificing a lot of things by not being able to get this or that but you're gaining so much more by having the experiences that you're going to have once you let go of all the material things you don't need and spend your time concentrating on other things. And like a story about riding a motorbike or about a python in a tennis net might not seem interesting <laughs> to, to some people, but in the moment it's pretty damn cool. 
when I post that video on Instagram, the people will find it fucking interesting. <laughs> it's huge, video? bro. <laughs> no, I don't know if I've got a video. I know I've got a bunch of photos of it, though. Someone has like a video. A, Someone showed me a video of it. Yeah, let's one try it. We should try and track it down somewhere. But yeah, I've got, I've got a whole bunch of videos. So I'll, I'll throw them up today. Um, you guys can see what the fuck we're talking about. But it was massive. It was yeah. massive. I mean, we lived in Australia but, where there's the snakiest snakes live. And I'm not talking about the people. I'm being literal about the snakes. <laughs> There's some deadly ass motherfucking snakes in Australia. And I was, I think, maybe only scared of snakes a handful of times there. But this thing freaked me the fuck out. Oh, my God. There's another level. And it was kind. It was a kind, quiet little thing. It wasn't aggressive. It wasn't spitting, biting, showing its fangs. It was just chilled, kind of half hurt. But just the, the, the size of it, the length of it, and the power of its... Like if you've never held a snake, once it's trying to like curl or wrap its way around, like the tail was trying to wrap its arm, it's trying to wrap itself around my arm like a python would, you know. So it's, oh, it's freaky. But yeah. Yeah. Well, bro, on that note, man, I got to make like Tom and I got to get to the gym. Slither your way out. I see what you're doing. Nice one. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> have a, Thanks uh, for chat, bro. Have a good day. Yeah, man. Peace, Peace out. out. Congrats. Peace.